Hello, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Evening Almanac with comedian Jamie Jackson. We are in the woods, we're walking in the woods, we are forest bathing. Go for a walk in the woods, mate. So I've got the dogs with me. I'm listening to Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I put into chat GPT-4, because that 3.5, no shit. What are the best books on creativity? And that was one of the top five, I think, that I asked for. So I thought I'll give it a listen. I didn't realise she'd wrote, she'd written Eat, Pray, Love. And she's written this book sometime after that. So she understands the whole thing of creating something which is become super, super popular and successful and then the pressure of creating something else. This isn't in the book, but it's just got me thinking a lot about creativity. And obviously I'm doing the comedy stretch at the moment, which is trying to write jokes and doing lots of stand-up. And I've always wrestled with creativity because I've always identified as a creative person. I've always said that I'm an artist. I know that sounds pretentious. I'm an artist. But I mean, I think most of us are. We just don't want to say. It's like for, for a long time, I didn't want to say I'm a comedian. And that's one of the reasons why at the beginning of this podcast, I say comedian Jamie Jackson. I call myself a comedian because if you're getting up on stage and you're telling jokes to rooms full of people and sometimes almost empty rooms, Steve Martin, and in his book, Born Standing Up, talks about how he had to do a routine sometimes to an empty room because the manager was like, you have to start and then when people come in, you're performing. So he would, he would, he would just literally be the bar staff and he'd be doing his stand-up routine. Imagine how demoralising that is. But if you are going and standing on stage and you're telling jokes and you're putting yourself out there, you are a comedian. You might not be a professional comedian, you might not be doing that as your sole source of income, but you're still a comedian in the way that if you write, you're still, you still write, if you paint, you still paint. We're all artists and we put this limitation on us as if like being an artist is something that somebody else is. We're not that. I used to know a guy who was an actor and he used to tell everybody he was an actor. He did fuck all acting, very little. But I, I thought it was really good that he, he never mentioned the fact that he worked in an office and then I pushed him on it once and he said, oh yeah, I work, I can't remember where he worked, he worked like for the Department of Energy or something like that. But it was great that I thought he identified first and foremost as an artist. And the other thing he did was just like on the side. And I've been creative for years and years. And I think like, like I've been writing blogs since like about 2001. And obviously I do vlogging, I do podcasting, I do stand up. I've been in bands for 15 years. So since I was 23, 24, 25, something like that. And none of it is so far been successful in any way shape or form right but I don't do it and I know it's so easy to say this but I don't do it to be successful I do it because I have a need to do it I can't even explain it I think I've talked before about Close Encounters of the Third Time where Richard Dreyfuss's character is making a mashed potato mountain because the aliens have planted this mountain in his psyche and so even when he's sitting at the table he's making this flat top mountain out of mashed potato because he is like absolutely driven and obsessed by this need to understand what this mountain is. And I think that's partly what creativity is, is trying to understand what, like I don't know why I have a need to create, but I do. And this is a bit of advice I would give for you, which is if you want to create, just do it. And don't ask why. The worst thing that has happened in the self-help arena for fucking decades is Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. A couple of reasons, one, apparently, I haven't read it, but I've heard enough talks about it. Like, I think his is, might be the biggest TED talk of all. Let's start with why one. And what he talks about is, you know, you've got to find out why you're doing something and then you go from there. I think that's bullshit. I think you start, you start completely the other way around. 
Steve Jobs talks about this, you connect the dots after you've done it. Don't start with why, because you can rationalise your dreams and your passions into oblivion. Because there is no, why, like, why do I want to do stand-up? Like, there is no official why. There is no deep, I'm walking through a bit of a lake here, because it's been raining for two days and not stopping. There's no official reason why anyone should do stand-up. You could say, oh, to entertain the world, or blah, blah, blah. But if you ask why, you're only going to come up with stupid answers like, I'm egotistical, I want everyone to love me, I want to be the centre of attention. I just want to make people laugh. Then you go, well, why? And then it's like, oh, because I'm insecure. I'm on the spectrum. What, what, what the fuck ever? Don't start with why. That book is actually apparently for corporations, and that makes sense, because you have to start with a mission statement, you have to start with why am I creating a business? Why am I selling this product? What am I trying to do? How am I, how am I trying to satisfy my customers? That's fine, but people aren't corporations, people aren't businesses. We're creative creatures. And I've spent 20, 25 years trying to not listen to the judgment of other people. It's very difficult, I think it's a lifetime's work. One thing that Elizabeth Gilbert says in this book is, Artists are gamblers, and we are all gamblers. And that's probably one of the reasons why stand-up's so attractive as much as writing or vlogging or anything like that, is you create something and you put it out there for judgment. And there's an, there's an excitement about that. There's a risk ratio and reward ratio. I don't know what I'm talking about, ratios, but it's so easy to let the fear and judgment dictate what you do and then what you have is if you but like Stephen Pressfield calls all of that resistance if you then label that as resistance you start to understand it's resistance that is often dictating what you're doing or more, more pertinently not doing and resistance is dictating your life not your passions and your dreams and your needs to create I don't think this podcast is going to make much sense to anybody who doesn't have that weird need to create but if you do then you know i mean i've got a mate in uh, in comedy called will i used to be in bands with him and uh, he's a super talented guy and now he's doing comedy and there's another uh, comedian i know called matt smith who i work with and i said to him why did you start comedy and he said well because i my band broke up it's not surprising that me will and him and lots of other people like adam flood i went to see him do his special the other day and he talks about being in a band on stage an indie band Comedians are often failed rock stars, and it's not because we're just ego hunters, though that might be some of it, don't get me wrong, but it's also because when you're in a band, you're in a, ba you're in a band because you want to create, and also it's an avenue of creativity that you understand. Young people make music, you're in a band, so that's kind of one of the things that you do. And it also means you get to hang out with mates and so on and so forth. And then as you get older and your band doesn't work out, and doors to music close a little bit. A lot of people, they either become writers or comedians and stuff, and that is that need. And that need is always gonna be there, and the only way you're gonna be happy and congruent is if you listen to it, and you don't listen to the, the fear and the judgment of other people. Non-creative people, I used to live with a guy, one of, a very good mate of mine, but he was very cynical about people's efforts. Like if there was a, a guy who was a one-hit wonder, he'd be like, ah, look at that guy, he sucks. And he said, yeah, but he had a chart here. You, you haven't had a chart here. He was very judgmental on other people's creativity, but also he was a frustrated writer. He used to get drunk in his room and then write for hours on end. And then just like, you know, eventually delete them because he was letting fear speak to him. He didn't do anything with those stories, but they had to come out of him. So they come out of him 
And then in his sober moments, he got rid of them because he was like, oh, I'm ashamed of that. And it's so easy to do that. And if you put yourself out there, you're gonna be, have all of those feelings of shame and you feel like a fool. I mean, when you do, when you do a bad at a gig, it's fucking awful. You, you literally are just like, I feel like my life's falling apart. I feel like an idiot. That, that's the main thing. You just feel like a worthless fucking idiot. Like you're trying to do something and it's not your place to do it. And that's the thing. You always think this isn't my place to do it. But fuck that, you don't need permission. But people do this, they kind of look for permission. James Altucher has got this thing called choose yourself. He's got this concept where you choose yourself, which is like nobody is gonna just go, hey, you're good, you're a talent, and I wanna nurture and coach you, and be. that's never gonna happen. So you have to choose yourself. You have to create podcasts like this. This podcast is choosing myself. You have to put on your own comedy nights because that is choosing yourself. You have to write whatever you want to write and then take it to publishers because that's choosing yourself. You have to create that path for you because no one else is going to do it. If you decide not to pursue your creative endeavours, nobody's going to care. There was a quote, most people die with the music still in them unplayed. And that is so true that you could, you could be so much, you could carpe diem the fuck out of your life, but we don't because of fear and also because of effort. This is, this is also something that people don't talk about, but it's not just fear dictating what you don't do, it's also a sacrifice and effort. It takes a lot of effort to do anything. This is why I used to see bands and they would play on stage and like they would suck. And then people would be like, ah, you suck. And it's like, do you understand the length they have gone to to get to this point? They had to book a gig. To book a gig, they had to do a demo. To do a demo, they had to go to a studio and record it with an engineer. They might be able to do it at home, but certainly when I was younger, recording at home was not really an option, not so much of an option. But before that, they had to write the songs, and before that, they had to put a band together. It's gone from an idea to conception, and it's taken them so long to get there. At that point of a band getting on stage, like even if they suck, it's like, where's your band? Where's the sacrifice that you made? Where was the adverts that you put in play? Where were the people that, they don't, you don't see the people that they met who never became a member of the band. I've auditioned for bands and not, not got into them. And also I've auditioned people for bands and, and, and we've not got into them. It's easy to judge like my old flatmate, but of course he was judgmental because he was fearful of his own creativity. So it's easier to put people down and go, ah, that's shit, because then you can rationalize why you're not doing it. And anyway, it's taken me like 20 odd years to try and not listen to judgment. It's a, you have to strike a balance between your ability to create and be honest with yourself and your ability to support yourself. So you have to kick your own ass and be kind to yourself at the same time. And it, and it doesn't mean that when you create, you're not at some point shit. But what you've got to do is you've got to understand that you're shit, think about what you're doing and then get through that point but this is, the hard, this is the hardest point of creativity, which is you've got big ambitions and then you realize you're shit and it's frustrating and you hate yourself. But you have to realize you're shit because only then can you get better. It's like any form of healing. It's awareness, acceptance, and then action. And if you're not aware that you're shit and you think to yourself, well, actually, I'm pretty good, then you can, you can never get better because suddenly you're like, well, I'm great. Ira Glass, the, he's a, an American radio host and he used to interview people. I can't remember, he had a show, obviously I'm not American, where he would talk to ordinary people about their lives. 
And he's got this whole thing about creativity where he, where he says the hardest bit about creativity is you start because you've got great taste, you've got great discerning taste about the art that you're involved in, you're passionate about it. Let's say you start writing or you're a musician, something like that, you've got great taste on what, it, what a good book is or what a good song is and you understand that but then you start and you're completely lacking in the talent to create those great things because the people who create those great things have been going five years, ten years, twenty years. You're comparing your chapter one or two to someone else's chapter twenty or thirty. So you're at this point where you can't do what you want to do but you understand that you suck because you have such good taste and so you go to create this art and then it just sucks and I'm very much at that point now I was speaking to a comedian he's only been going six months but he was really good I can't remember his name now but he was really he's a really good comedian I thought I was very impressed for you know just six months in and he was saying you understand what you need to do but you still can't do it and that's the point I am with comedy. I keep on getting hints of being good with comedy. And sometimes I am good with comedy. Like I had a, a gig last week and the crowd were very easy, so it doesn't, that doesn't count 100%. But I came on and I was a comedian and I delivered a comedy performance and everyone was happy and I left. I'm like, I actually turned up and I did it. It's like, I'm a comic. But a lot of the time, and even in that set, I was still very nervous. So I wasn't, I wasn't myself on stage. And I, I know I've still got a long way to go. There were hints in that 10 minutes that I did where I was in the flow. I was, a, I, I was an actual comedian. But a lot of the time, it feels like you're almost pretending to be a comedian or you're pretending to be a writer or you're pretending to be a decent band. And it's really funny, I went back to listen to Stellar Star not that long ago. Now this was a band that I loved back in 2005. If you give their um, first album a listen, In The Walls or My Coco, great songs. But then you listen to some of their stuff and it's really shit and basic. Like I can tell what they're doing on guitar, I can tell what they're doing song structurally wise. And it's all nice and polished, but ultimately I was actually quite shocked about how shit some of it is. And I think I was just caught up in, well, I knew less about music. It's like when I met my, um, my old bandmates and we did, pod on this channel, you can hear both the podcasts we did there. And I listen to our music now and I can immediately tell where it's shit. And I don't know why, because I haven't really been playing music for the last eight years or something. But I, I can hear, no, that needs to be shorter. That needs to do this, that needs to do that. I don't know, I think there's a level of maturity where you, you suddenly become better at understanding art. And I understand at the moment that I am not, it's, it's that Ira Glass thing, I am not where I want to be. And you're, if you want to create something, you're going to not be where you want to be and you're going to have to suck. And, th and this is the hardest thing about creativity of all. You've got the resistance, which is the fear and, and you don't want to be judged and all of those things, you don't want to fail. Nobody ever wants to look like a failure. And so that's why you don't want to try because you then specify the parameters of failure. But the reality is you are going to suck for a while and you are going to be judged as shit. I don't think there's any comedian who's ever started and not been shit. Yeah, there's people who are naturally funny and they rise to the top very quickly. But I don't think there's ever a time where they're like, oh, I'm just not shit. I've just, I've just got it. I'm, just, I'm born with it. And Conor McGregor's got this great quote where he says, I don't believe in talent. There's no such thing as talent. It's just hard work. 
And then when you read someone like Kevin Hart's autobiography or Jimmy Carr's books, the message is always, I just worked, I just worked really hard at it. And Mark Norman, who's a great comedian, and he talks about how he'll work, you know, he'll work the whole day before a gig on one joke. It's just, it's just about getting the joke right. He, and he carries around, you know, loads of notes and continuously putting that jigsaw together of how it works. You've got to work hard. You've got to have faith in the process. That's what you've got to do. So during, during that period of time where you are getting judged and you've got the aura glass moment of not being as good as you know that you can be, and you've, you love the art and you feel passionate about it, but at the same time, you're kind of failing to create what you want to create because you don't have that ability yet. You have to walk through those flames and it will fucking shape you. And then you'll, you'll come out of it and you'll be a hardened piece of steel and then, you'll, then you're fucking good. You have to go through that. You have to not worry about the resistance or not listen to it because you want your passion to dictate what you're doing, not the fear. And you also have to accept the fact that you are gonna suck and hey, I've just gotta suck if I wanna get better. It's like the ultimate, it's almost like how much do you want it? Creativity says to you, you can be a successful stand-up comedian. You can be a successful author. You can be a successful musician. Whatever success might mean, doesn't mean you're gonna be filling stadiums and things like that. You can create high art, but first we're gonna fucking test you to see how much you want it. And that's what creativity is doing. It's saying, do you really want it? You know, the muse, inspiration, creativity, the universe, whatever you want to call it, whatever mystical words that you want to put around it, because I do think there is a certain amount of mysticism in creativity, hence not questioning it, but feeling it. And it says, I'll give you what you want, but you have to walk through that, those flames. There's no other way to do it. You can't get to the Holy Grail without going through the trials. Thought I'd end on a uh, Indiana Jones quote there. This has been a long hour. I didn't expect that, but I've got, I had a lot to say. I honestly doubt anyone's going to listen to this to the end. I fucking wouldn't. See you on the next pod.